boy. Do you hear those alarms going off, James? I hear them. I hear them real loud. They're called panic alarms. Yeah, they're they're called panic alarms. Oh, boy. Uh, Mike McDonald is the new Seahawks coach. What in the world does that leave for the commanders? As uh, one of my friends likes to call him, it's uh, Gen X Ron Rivera. That's what. Uh, Gen X Ron Rivera is ready to roll, as one of my buddies told me earlier today. Uh, that would be Dan Quinn. Uh, seems to be the guy on the board. I don't know. Maybe they go off. You know, maybe they surprise folks. Maybe they go Anthony Weaver. Maybe, maybe it's Aaron Glenner. Maybe at this point, since you're the only team left, I don't know. Maybe you just, you know, maybe reset your mind a little bit and go, yeah, this Rabel guy. He might have been a pain in the ass to my old colleague there, uh, Rand Carthan. But you know what? Maybe we could get along better. Maybe we could come to some f- common grounds as both of us. Uh, have something the other one needs. Maybe that's what we should do and go ahead and give Mike Vrabel a call since he is the best remaining obvious candidate who's under 71 years old. Sorry, Bill Belichick. uh, Left out there in Pete Carroll. So, I mean, if we're not going to go that route, you know, why not just give Vrabel a call? You know, just to see where it's at. But hey, again, maybe Adam Peters has done this. He's a smart guy. He's been on the job for 15 days. um, And right now is last team standing as all the jobs have been filled outside of the one in Washington. All right, good afternoon. We're here uh, with you today, full four. Got a lot to get to. We'll get to the Orioles sale that happened late in the program yesterday. Uh, Chelsea James, Washington Post, has been covering it. She'll join us later this hour about that. And, of course, if you're a Nats fan, I'm raising my hand, uh, you want to know, well, how does this help us? Does it at all with the horrific um, albatross i'll call it that is the masson contract no offense masson people uh but it's a terrible contract and it has uh, hurt the franchise and can that somehow be wiggled out of now that the angelos family will no longer uh, hold control of the orioles although uh some people tell me this contract is into perpetuity so we'll uh, get to that with chelsea coming up later it is a what's your rank wednesdays you may or may not remember because it is wednesday so glad we made it here i uh, got the uh, worst quarterbacks at one super bowls list to dial back uh, dial out today i should say rollout maybe not dial rollout uh we will dial in with wood sealy get 450 from old dominion all right so here we go let's let's get to this uh commander's uh issue right now so first, if you're scoring at home, Ben Johnson, who um, they appear to be their number one guy, said no. There's been some reporting since then that perhaps a couple issues happened with Ben Johnson. One, length of contract was maybe a problem. Uh, two, not so much the money, but the length of the contract. And the, and the more, more so than the money or the length of the contract was that Ben Johnson also wanted to have uh, roster control, at least of the, um, of the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, the way this is situated now with the uh, commander's structure, it's not coach-centric anymore. It's GM-centric. And, you know, when we were looking at this job when the season ended, saying, hey, there's a lot to look you know, to like, right? You have this cap space. You have these picks um, and all these things going for you, which are all things that are really cool for general managers, right, to reshape rosters. But for head coaches, I don't know, maybe not as much, right, especially if – you want to you know, hit the ground running and hit the ground winning and it'd be like, well, we can pick one of these quarterbacks. Well, what if Ben Johnson doesn't think any of these quarterbacks are any good uh, coming out in the draft or at least not the one at number two? And let's be honest, he's never worked with a kid quarterback. So the more you think about that, okay, maybe that makes sense as to why Ben Johnson opted just to stick in his current job because clearly Seattle's number one guy was Mike McDonald. They wanted to get young Pete Carroll. They cut Pete Carroll's age in half, essentially, is what they've done. Yeah, pretty much. They thir- from 72 to 36 is what they've done here. So, of course, this would have been some information that maybe Washington 
probably needed to have a week earlier than they could have pivoted. And, and I see people reporting, not reporting, it's just more like panicking that Bobby Slowick turned them down and stayed in Houston. No, he didn't. They didn't offer Bobby Slowick a job, so that's not the case. They didn't think Bobby Slowick, again, if they liked Bobby Slowick, Adam Peters the best best file on Bobby Slowick of any of these guys, and he didn't hire him. He could have hired him last week. They had already compiled with, you know, um, gone through all the Rooney Rule uh, things that they needed to. They could have hired him then if they really thought Bobby Slowick was, you know, again, the next Sean McVay or, in this case, next Kyle Shanahan, whatever you want to call him. They didn't do that, so he was never the guy. And maybe, even though it might make some of the fans throw up in their mouths, maybe they really do believe in Dan Quinn. And, and I'll give you a little bit of, of as a why to why they would dare believe in Dan Quinn, who's 43 and 42, went through this the other day. Um, you know, had the three really good seasons in Atlanta, two of which are with Kyle Shanahan. One was with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, then they kind of fell off the cliff. Their drafting got really bad as time went on there, too. And, of course, Thomas Dimitrov was eventually fired for that. Uh, you may remember as well. But, you know, maybe because, of, again, this guy working in San Francisco for all these years, he's got a pretty strong feeling about what Dan Quinn's all about from Kyle Shanahan and as to maybe why they are, you know, now pivoting towards Dan Quinn after – the young up-and-comer offensive coach was not there uh, instead. And, of course, they could have grabbed a young defensive coach, Mike McDonald. And really, if they wanted, Mike McDonald could have done that the other day, too, before he ever got really deep into the Seattle thing. So I'll be fascinated to know if they really tried that hard or was this more of a, a, a fan thing. And, and, frankly, if you're Mike McDonald and you look at the two jobs, even though, yes, you got to go against Kyle Shanahan twice a year out there in Seattle, uh, Sean McVay twice a year, you know, that that probably is not the most ideal thing. But if you look at the Seattle roster, it's better. It's better. It's a better roster. They're, they're in a great situation. Um, they We talked about this way back when these jobs open. I had Seattle as the number one, you know, underrated place. Well, I had, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers number one because of Herbert. And they got the best coach and Jim Harbaugh. And I did have Seattle ahead of Washington because of some of the things you know, that probably Mike McDonald sees, which is they have a ready-made roster. I mean, granted, they don't have maybe the superstar quarterback, but Geno Smith's fine. He got him to the postseason two years ago. They were just a game out of it this year. You know, it's not like you're starting over there. So I think that probably was appealing to him as well. So, but now, I mean, look, it's not a, you know, if it's a year you wanted to go different than Ron Rivera, it's really, (laughs) that's the sad part, right? Like there's not a strong offensive coach if that's what you thought was important. Now, I don't know if they thought that was important. I think our fan base, James, thinks that's very important, right? Am I missing something well, here? I, they, it seems like they do, but isn't this the same fan base that was clamoring over how great Eric Bieniemy was, even though he wasn't, and was screaming about well, how we that. need to keep him and all these well, other things? Well, you could promote Eric Bieniemy, right? I mean, I guess you could do that. You could do a Jim Zorn, uh, 2008. Uh, was it 2008? When No, 2009 wow. when Joe Gibbs um, retired and they... Again, they were going to hire Jim Fossil, but the publicity was so bad they yeah, freaked that out. Was now really bad. this will be interesting because I know Josh Harris has is on the socials, and I know that Mark Ian, you know, one of the main guys, is definitely on the socials more than Josh Harris is, and they can see all these stupid polls we put out, uh, all these things. Nobody's picking Dan Quinn. I put out a new one just a while ago, and let me just say this: Dan Quinn's running a distant third, not in last, but he's running a distant third at this point. So they, they all are well aware of this. And again, Dan Quinn, of all the people we're talking about here, if you're not talking about Vrabel, because Vrabel, apparently, you know, the control situation doesn't seem to be a fit with this franchise, the way they're going to restructure. 
is the the easiest one to know the baseline of, right? Like bare minimum, you know this guy can get you to the playoffs. He's a leader of men. He's he's not going to be some sloppy so and so that uh, doesn't know what he's doing on game day, like some of the coaches have had here in the past. I mean, he builds great defenses. He's got defensive talent already in place there. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of good things about him. But yeah, I mean, if he doesn't hit hit it right on the offensive coordinator, which gets you a little nervous right now. You could be in trouble because, like, again, in the past, he didn't do well without a real strong offensive coordinator despite having a very strong quarterback. At that time, Matt Ryan was it was a strong quarterback. So that would make you a little bit nervous, too, uh, about it. Because, again, we're late in the game now in terms of building staffs out, too. So that, that would be the other thing. And that's always been my fear with some of these young boy wonder coaches. Like, how quickly can they flip around a staff – of people that you know can do the job, like a, a, a you know a special you know a, a, a offense coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams, all that other stuff. Whatever their specialty is, not the opposite of it. And I don't think we have any good feel for it. But anyway, this is uh, this is definitely not your year if you were looking for you know the young Joe Gibbs coming up four decades later or whatever the hell it would end up being. If I'm doing the math correctly, uh, more than four decades, isn't it? It's like 10, yeah, 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10. Your math was correct. It's about five decades, right? Almost. 80s, yeah, it was 80s and 90s. You know, Don't remind me. Anyway, you get my point. So probably not your, it's not your off season. So maybe at this point, I don't know, you bring back Rivera on an interim basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when the Cowboys <sighs> were trying to hire him as a D coordinator and the Eagles were, were you know, the Cowboys might end up getting him as the D coordinator. I would take that. <laughs> I'd almost be happy if you with hire that. Quinn. At this point, are you just trying to screw up Dallas and you're just taking Quinn? I mean, you could screw up Dallas screw twice. Dallas up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> screw him up twice. Take their defensive coordinator I, again, and they look, put Rivera. If in you there. told me go in the offseason, it, it's not exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. It's none of it is exciting right now. Um, you know, I, I think Vrabel would be exciting because I, I think he's a little different now. Again, he, he he's not. Let's be clear. Just because he played for Bill Belichick, he never coached in New England. He never, he was never on the staff in New England. He's not like Patriot Way guy. I mean, he's got his thing, whatever they call it. But yes, I mean, he does he think fondly of what they did there? You know, supposedly it, it rankled the folks in Nashville the wrong way because he made some comments about it when they did the ceremony for him this year. I, you know, I don't know. I think the bigger thing here, and this is how the NFL works and, and pro sports work, and you can hate it all you want. I, I you know, see it all the time. You you hire. A lot of people that, you know, you had passed with or whatever you worked with before a good relationship with. And yeah, there's every once in a while, you know, somebody like, you know, the Roonies grabs somebody like Mike Tomlin had zero relationship with the Steelers organization. And it works out very well for many decades. Yes, Steelers fans, it did work out well for many decades, no matter what you think right now. But anyway, it's very rare that happens. Usually it's in their little friends LinkedIn zone, right? Like that's how they do it. And Adam Peters, you know, same thing potentially going on here. Because, hey, man, my guy in San Francisco, Ryan, Rand Carthan, he had problems with this Vrabel dude. I'm not going to touch him because of that. Uh, but but Kyle Shanahan tells me Gan Quinn's a hell of a guy and he's a hell of a coach. You know, so I'm, I'm going to go on those on that knowledge. You know, I, I don't know. Just, just a theory. Just a theory. Can't prove it. And maybe, just maybe, you know, we'll get a rabbit out of the hat before this thing's over. I'm not sure. Well, is there anybody left that you get excited about? Well, besides Nick Saban? Yeah. <laughs> I think Vrabel. I honestly think Vrabel is the excited guy, although it's probably not exciting enough for a lot of people. There's no offensive guru like you're well, that's just get, yeah, that's yeah, there's no sailed. offensive guru at this point, right? You're not gonna unless you're gonna trade like the Rams, like the next six draft picks, and say we're getting McVay coming over or something crazy, like something crazy. <laughs> I was like out of nowhere, you know, you know, 
you, Josh Harris becomes Malcolm Glazer, and he's just he's going to send a whole bunch of draft picks somewhere to get somebody. You know what I mean? Unless that happens, no, you're you're probably not going to be. Oh my God, this is so exciting! This is amazing. No, I, I don't think you're going to be. You just hope now whoever you get is a a really good leader, really trustworthy leader, and can put a staff together. Most importantly. And then Adam Peters and these guys got to earn their bucks by telling you, hey, here's the top three quarterbacks in this draft, and we can work with this guy. And, you know, what do you think? And then collaborate with the staff to say, okay, give me an offense with this person next year. If we're going to do that, otherwise, I guess we're kicking the can down the road another year, which, you know, you hope to God you're not picking number two ever again. But, hey, I don't know. If you end up with Dan Quinn, maybe, <laughs> maybe you are. I don't uh, know. Let's hope not. <laughs> All right, 757-687-9494. Hit us up via the text line. Uh, Ballyhoo's phone line will be open for business as well. All right, so we'll get to the poll numbers, and they're not pretty. We'll also um, talk uh, some baseball later this hour about the sale of the Orioles and what that means. Obviously, exciting times for the Tides, I think, uh, because they might be able to you know, use some of that capital to uh, get some major league help uh, as well. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, it is the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kingball. Yeah, I mean, nobody will take me anyway. All right, good back. Good to be back with you here. Uh, next segment, we'll get to this Orioles sale and what the overall meaning of it all is. Uh, exciting piece of this is also Cal Ripken Jr.'s potential involvement. Um, 757-687-9494 on the Commander's coaching panic meter right now i would say it's a if it was a scale of one to ten it's about a 50 um oh yeah and it's a little past 10 isn't it anyway uh right now our espn radio 94 one poll question of the day brought to you by uh dominion floors is uh this floor coverings is this i put by the way three three um o's in floors today <laughs> i just noticed that oh boy uh so that probably didn't really connect anybody but uh, trust me when i say submitting floor covering the um question today on the x at jackson sports is um now that mike mcdonald mcdonald is out who should who what should the commanders do hire dan quinn hire anthony weaver hire, hire aaron glenn or call mike vrabel uh 54 percent of you want to call mike vrabel right now like phone a friend like it's like <laughs> a millionaire Remember that show, Millionaire? Oh, yeah. Regis. And then I think somebody else did it. One of those uh, women from The View did it for a while. Joy? Was it Joy? Yeah, she did it. Anyway, uh, the other one is Hire Anthony Weaver uh, is number three right now, uh, 26.5%. And Hire Dan Quinn is a distant third at 14.6%. Yeah, I don't think the people love Dan Quinn. I'm just going to say that right now. No. And it's probably unfair. I mean, he's again, he's the one coach you actually know what it's going to look like with. I mean, he's actually done the job before. Um, probably have a better uh, ability to put a staff together with him. But again, uh, I get it. Man, people want something new. They want to see something different. They've already seen this before, and it, it does feel like Gen X Ron Rivera, and I, I get that. Um, look, is he going to wear his hat backwards on the sidelines? I don't know um, how he'll do that. I don't care what he wears as long as he wins games. Yeah. You know? All right, there's some funny comments here. Uh, let's get to some of them. Uh, Jason uh, says this, these polls changing as the head coach can. I just keep bailing. I've always wanted McDonald, but you know, I honestly know very little about Weaver and Quinn seems to be the best of what's left. Only one I like better than Quinn was McDonald. Curious on staff of remaining candidates. Um, the man, somebody going by the blue album says, uh, time to start thinking about trading the number two pick for future picks. They're going to be the same garbage the next two to three years. Not a great start for the new regime. I hate it here. All right. We'll keep your well, head that's... up. Uh, 12th man says, don't want retread coach signing a five-year uh, contract. Since the enemy's under contract one more year, promote him to head coach. 
Peter starts to rebuild, scout, and roster, get promising young DC, maybe uh, Chris Harris. I like that. And uh, see if anything sticks. If not, get the lead head coach candidate early in 2025. Uh, Chad O says, feels like at this point you should at least have a chat with Vrabel. What's one more interview at this point? Harris paid $6 billion, and if there's another strong candidate out there, it's worth having a chat. Listen, I got to think they've already played out. Like, hey, here's what we think about Vrabel. Here's what we think about Belichick. Either through intermediaries they reached out or had discussions amongst themselves as to why they're not going to reach out, right? Like, I think th- th- those things have probably been done. Like me saying, oh, they should – like, th- of course they've thought about Vrabel in some way or the other. And like, I-, I believe, like I mentioned in the opening segment, a lot of it is based off of the fact that, hey, you know, Rand Carthen had issues mm-hmm. with him. The yeah. guy before him had issues with him. He wants power. And maybe through his agent, too, he declined. I don't know. I mean, we, that's the other part we don't know. Maybe that's he true. declined. He did interview a lot of places, though. So I'd be surprised if he would decline one, but you never know. Um, Corey in the 757 via the uh, text machine says, um, Jim or either Mayo or AP are the only coaches that are probably going to have a winning record next year in terms of the new coaches that were just hired. I think in Seattle, they'll be pretty pissy if McDonald doesn't have a winning record. Yeah, that would, be, that would not yeah. go over well. That would be crazy, right? Um, from the 757 says, meet your new commander's coach. It <laughs> is Bill Belichick with the binoculars. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be, I mean, it would be crazy and it's not going to happen, but if they did pivot to Belichick now and that's what they ended up with, I mean, come on with that. Like, okay, you settled for Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, you'd be like, yeah, man, we got Belichick. We have a front office that he has to work with, but that's the problem. He don't want to work with the front office. Yeah. That's the problem. I don't know if that's going to fly. Yeah. And apparently there's already... You know, we'll, we'll get to the Belichick stuff in the four o'clock. And there's already teams, you know, doing footsie for next year with him uh, at this point. Uh, this is um, from Jimmy Lewis sending us a, uh, why doesn't anyone want to coach me, man? It's Will Smith and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but with the commander's logo on his head. <laughs> that last scene where he's leaving, you know. Yeah, it, fe- it feels that way right now. It honestly. does feel that way. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 757 said you could always hire Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd kick Joey Sly and get away with it. Yeah, team stinks. No quarterback anyway. And maybe that's what it all. Maybe that's what it all boils down to. I don't know. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. The Ballyhoo's phone line, also the text line. Willingham has already given us Super Bowl picks. How about this? My Super Bowl winning baller starting with Cinderella, uh, BKA, better known as Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will win by thirteen or more points. Wow. wow. I know I lost two, but I won't lose three, believe me. That's true. He he did. He missed in the last two, right? That he did. Yeah. Because um, he did have the Ravens blowing out the Chiefs, and I think he had the Lions winning too last week. He I don't think this is a good sign it. for Jimmy. Jimmy ought to be nervous. Jimmy, the Chiefs fan, should be real nervous. Yeah, I'd be nervous. Willingham's been the, the curse lately. I'm just, I'm just saying. So I'm just putting it out there. Um, now, Gutley is sending me the end of the world as we know it by REM, this, the video to watch. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, also adds Rams, F them picks. Yeah, see, I'm saying F them picks. What's it going to cost to get me a Sean McVay? Come on. He wouldn't come anyway. No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's got a good situation there. Um, anyhow, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Y'all did go after Carson a couple years ago. Uh, might as well go after Frank Reich now. <laughs> Man, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Oh, that could be an OC candidate, though. I didn't even think about that yeah. until now. Yeah, Frank uh, Wright could be an OC candidate. Oh, man, that's funny. Oh, dude, that is so wrong. We're going to end up with Dan Quinn and Frank Reich. Dan Quinn and Frank Reich. No, it's going to be Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan's going to be your OC. What's Jeff Saturday <laughs> oh. doing? Does anybody know what Jeff Saturday's doing? I saw him <sighs> on one of these ESPN shows. The other yeah, day. he occasionally pops Listen, Jeff on. Saturday literally came off the streets and did win a game, right? Uh, he did win a game. Yes, uh, he did. You know, which is wild, right? Like, you win a game as a, uh, yeah, you know, you know, without a, without a freaking... Um, Didn't he almost beat us, too? Yeah. Damn near. If it wasn't for that yeah, insane miracle. catch by Terry yeah. near the goal line. Exactly. You mean that great throw by Taylor. Stop it. Well, of course. By the way, I see Ron Rivera is trending on, on the X right now. Is this some type of joke of some sort? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's just a lot of Ron Rivera, uh, Dan Quinn 2.0. And yeah, it's all that stuff. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that is so funny. Ron's just happy to not be the center of the vitriol anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. And and again, Dan Quinn, I mean, you know, a lot of people out there walking the streets that can't say they've been to a Super Bowl or had a 28-3 to lead in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know if that's on the old resume, though. Yeah, I don't know if you put that on the resume either. Do you think, you know, Dan Quinn, um, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan, after that summer, after that year in the summer, or in the offseason, whatever the offseason was, not really, oh, it's summer's actually part of the season sometimes, uh, went to uh, Bill Belichick to make him, like, go through the whole meltdown with him. Like, they, they actually <laughs> met or, like, talked over the phone. I don't know how it was in person or whatever. And basically just went through the whole, like, the anatomy of the choke, like, what it, like, what, like, self-scouted himself to see what he screwed up. I, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it is. I wonder if Dan Quinn did that to himself over the years. You got to think. I mean, he, he had to have at some point. He's been the best coordinator, by the way, by far in the division, in, in the conference probably, over the last several years outside of, well, I guess you could say, the Boy Wonder in, in um, Detroit, although I think he shut the Boy Wonder's offense down pretty good that night. Yeah, he did. I mean, they, they did a pretty good job with the Boy Wonder's offense that night, the guy who doesn't want to be a head coach quite yet because he's afraid of an M&M diss track. For the second year in a row, so yeah, that's... that's yeah. yeah, a little different. And Ben Johnson's a little different. But see, this is, what, this is where I will critique... Um, the uh, the commanders front office folks. I mean, I, I just kind of feel like these are some of the conversations through agents and intermediaries you have to have ahead of time. You got to have a really good feel going in um, about hey, here's how the structure works. Here's how this is going to work. After you even book a second interview, I would I would have thunk. Yeah, I would think so too. I would have thunk, but they did not. Apparently, have all the things in place. But again, maybe it was just. You know, who knows? They win that game. Maybe he's feeling different. Maybe maybe he's not in his feelings anymore. But apparently it looks like it, today I was just trying to think, is there anybody on the 49ers staff? Because at this point, you might as well wait out the – you could wait out the 49ers and the, and, the, and the Chiefs, right? You could. At this point. But it doesn't appear so. I mean, because they could have done that in the off days, right? There's, I think that well has run dry finally. Yeah, you could have had those at least yeah. initial first interviews, sure. Yeah, th- I think that well has finally run dry here in uh, – with the 49ers, it doesn't look like they're going to lose any staff people unless they choose to lose them uh, this offseason. Unless you want to go hire Brian Greasy. I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for an offense. <laughs> that would be. People love Brian Greasy. I mean, people are very high uh, on what Brian Greasy's done. He doesn't get to call plays there. He's the guy, by the way, who did put Brock Purdy on their radar. That is true. Yeah. He did that. So maybe he can find a Brock Purdy in this draft for uh, Washington. Now, you could hire one of these other guys and, and wait out Greasy for an OC. No question. No question. I think that is... If he wants to call plays. Yeah, it's something that could be in the works at some point. 
All right, 757-687-9494. Keep the text coming. The, the entertainment's good for the soul because we don't cry this way. Uh, we shouldn't cry on radio. All right, Chelsea Janes, Washington Post, will be with us coming up next. The Orioles have been sold. Well, not completely sold yet, but an agreement has been made. Uh, it looks like the reign of Peter Angelos is about to end. What does it mean for the team, and how quickly will it take place? And for us Washington fans, what does it mean for the terrible TV contract? We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson, Show Party Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham, Sky Your Sports Center. And we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. As promised, a pleasure to talk about the Orioles' impending sale right now with uh, Chelsea Janes, Washington Post national baseball reporter at uh, Chelsea uh, Janes on the X underscore, else Chelsea underscore Janes on the X. Good enough to give us some time today. How you doing, Chelsea? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Excellent uh, to talk to you. Uh, appreciate you giving us some time this afternoon. Let's... um. Let's start with this. I mean, David Rubenstein, I know there had been some rumors for a while that the Orioles might be for sale, but was this um, a big surprise to get this news yesterday and and the timing of it, or was this kind of anticipated it was just around the corner for the Orioles? You know, it was a surprise in that, you know, frankly, I think we all expected it to come um, when the elder Angelos passed away, whenever that was. I think that was kind of the understanding, and, you know, that's something that everyone's acknowledged today, that there will be more of the franchise sold when that happens, probably. But as of right now, um, Rubenstein buying 40%, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise and, and clearly a process they really wanted to, to get started. Well, it's interesting here to see all the different names that have popped up that may be part of this group with uh, with Rubenstein. You know, most importantly uh, for Orioles fans, of course, is Cal Ripken Jr., uh, you know, as part of this as well. Clearly, it's always been one of those strange things since he retired as to why he wasn't in any type of role with this organization, despite being obviously very active in the world of baseball and the minor leagues and with his youth leagues, his stadium and all the other things he's got going on there in Aberdeen. I would imagine this is probably, uh, you know, the smartest thing, you know, Rubenstein could have done here uh, to kind of ingratiate himself with the Orioles fans. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm sure... Cal Ripken's take in all of this isn't huge, but um, his name is, and I think that's that's really important. Um, getting him back involved um, to the extent that he wasn't before, you know, he'd been around, like you said, but it, it definitely wasn't uh, as much as I think people thought. So, I think it's a huge deal to get him back involved. I think it speaks to the the fan in Rubenstein, who we understand, um, you know, has been wanting this team for a very long time, and and might sort of inform a little bit of the. Um, the way he plans to run the team, which I would imagine would be more maybe like a, a fan than than the previous group. Yeah, no doubt. We're here with uh, Chelsea Janes, Washington Post, joins us with Valley Who's guest line here, Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, so how quickly do these baseball sales generally take place? I mean, we just went through an excruciatingly long process in the NFL uh, in Washington, as you know. Uh, is is it something along those lines, or is this something that could move a little bit quicker? I would expect this one to get approved this summer. Um, but the owners have previously scheduled meetings in Orlando next week. And from what I've heard, this is not going to be something they can vote on that quickly. Um, these things have to go through one small committee of owners who kind of check out all the finances and, and see how things look. And then they pass it on to all the owners and, and you got to get them all to vote. So I would expect the next time they gather, which I believe is July, um, June or July, um, would probably be when this gets gets that big vote. Um, but no real reason to think it, it wouldn't get approved. I I think everyone would be eager to kind of have this franchise in, in slightly different hands just because of the Angelos family's 
reputation for uh, being a little bit stingy, I think, and, and being a little bit of a thorn in, in Major League Baseball's side sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the, now, of course, the, the other part of this is the TV uh, contract with Masson, uh, that the Orioles control, they control the Nationals, the regional, regional sports network. Uh, they've been locked up in litigation forever with arbitrators and all this stuff. The Nationals seem to keep winning, but I don't, I don't, do they ever get their money? I, have they ever gotten money out of this thing yet with all these wins in the past? You know, I don't know, and I've yeah. asked many times, um, yeah. so I think that's interesting. <laughs> uh, they definitely, you know, now know how exactly how much they're owed for those years, and from what I understand, you know, the Orioles have to pay them. Um, and, I, you know, I don't really have a great reason to believe they won't now that these things are settled, but it is a lot of money. The most recent award was like $300 million for the years from 2017 to 2021, so I don't think that's like an easy track to just kind of ride overnight, but... Um, yeah, I can't seem to find that out, and I don't know what that means. But, you know, I, I expect moving forward that those things will be a little bit less um, divisive, only because, frankly, even if, if Rubenstein wanted them to fight over every last dollar, um, they've kind of exhausted all legal options and appeals at this point. So there's just not that much left to try. As far as them ever getting out of that contract, the Nationals, to be their own entity or to at least put it up for bid, uh, whether it be with monumental sports or whatever it would be, um, you know, fr- from what we've heard in the past, this this contract was kind of like, no, this is forever, right? Like this was part of the agreement territorial-wise for the Orioles to to be okay with the Nationals coming back, uh, you know, getting baseball back in Washington, I should say. Uh, or is that something that maybe can still be worked out where, where the Nationals could separate from this agreement? So it says it's forever, um, and I think it was written, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about that agreement, and, and one thing that was important to, to Bud Selig at the time was making sure it wasn't something an owner could just get out of, um, that it was something that was going to kind of be there for a long time. That being said, um, I do think that if there were ever a time for MLB to kind of try to write it out, this is probably that time. Um, you know, I think there's obviously an approval process that has to happen here. Um, you know, MLBs can put conditions on on sales and stuff like that. Um, you know, the owners have to approve this. And if MLB and Rob Manfred say, you don't approve this unless this is in there or, or this is not in there, um, you know, I think they would obey that being said, I, I don't see a world in which it's that easy. And, you know, there certainly would have to be some kind of something coming back to the Orioles. And the Angelos family is still there. And I don't think the Angelos family is eager to hand anything to the learners um, at all. So I think there there is a slight opening there, um, but I don't know how big it is. And what's funny is in talking to people today on league side and team side, I don't think anyone else knows quite how big it is either. Now, you mentioned the learners. That was another question I was asking you. Now, I think it was about a year ago around this time or maybe two years, a year and a half, we were talking about the, the Nationals being for sale. And obviously, it's the Orioles that have been sold. Um, and we've heard you know, conflicting things about whether or not the Nats are for sale. What, what is the current status of the Nats? Are they, are they totally sticking it out, the, the Lerner family, or are they still potentially taking offers? I think if someone came to them and said, here is $2.5 billion dollars, they would take it and they would sell the team. I think the problem is that they're not getting that offer from anyone. I don't see where it's coming from. You know, I think the understanding that we continue to have is that Ted Leontis would like to buy them. Um, We know he at one point made an offer and it wasn't high enough or good enough and they didn't take it. 
and they're kind of just operating the team as if they're going to operate it for the foreseeable future. And I, you know, for me, I think, I think that could change at any time if, if Leontes comes in with a big number, but right now I, I don't expect him to be sold before the season starts, certainly. And I don't know when that changes because, you know, they're not in as good shape as the Orioles, obviously both on the field and off, you know, the Orioles just got a lot of money approved to, to redo things around the stadium. The Nats are still kind of struggling to get some funding to do renovations that they need to make around the stadium. They've got a lot of debt, as far as I understand, both in terms of player contracts and just sort of normal, you know, sports team debt, uh, which is, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So they're just not that appealing right now. And I think unless, you know, somebody really wants to kind of take all that on or, or if you're Ted Leontis and, and want to make them part of sort of a DC empire, um, you know, I don't know who's coming in with that money, and I and I don't think that the Lerner family, or for that matter, Rob Manfred, um, is going to take a number that feels too low because, you know, even if just for appearances' sake, um, that would be sort of admitting uh, defeat, I guess. Yeah, and of course, David Rubenstein was one of these uh, investors, yeah. right? He was supposed to be an investor in the Nationals uh, if Ted Leonsis put in a bid. Am I right about that? Absolutely, Yeah. Yep. So and now there's one less person to invest for, <laughs> one less yeah. billionaire in town now as he's yes. uh, moving his shop up to Baltimore for good. Well, Chelsea, I appreciate your time and your insights at Chelsea underscore Janes. Uh, thanks for joining us today. And uh, believe it or not, what are we like two and a half weeks? Pitchers and catchers is that is that about right? Is my math any good? Yeah, it's coming fast. Excellent. Two weeks. <laughs> Excellent. Unbelievable. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. Talk soon. All right. Chelsea Janes, Washington Post national baseball reporter on the Orioles sale. So like like everything with big purchases, it's not going to happen overnight and quickly. So uh, what will be fascinating to see is if this has any impact on the way they you know, spend or trade, most importantly, picking up salaries. Could be until the yeah. sale is actually yeah. proved. So this could be another year of like, you know, okay, we're waiting, we're waiting. But that will be a big influx of cash. I mean, he's again David Rubenstein, for those that don't know, um, he is a uh, he's a Baltimore he was Baltimore born. Um, he's been in D.C. most of his life in that area with uh, Carlisle Group. He was a lawyer for a long time. Um, he's been in charge of the Kennedy Center uh, for a long stretch. I think he just stepped down from that job or was a position he held as the head of the nonprofit there. Done a lot of things. Uh, donated a lot of money in his life too, in addition to making a lot of money. So good situation for the Orioles. The the uh, situation with the Angelos is. Has been bad for decades, <laughs> to be frank. <laughs> for decades. For decades. Uh, again, firing Davey Johnson, one of my favorites. Yeah. All right. One of the dumbest things they ever did. Anyway, 757-687-9494. By the way, the, the recommendations for the Knicks commander's coach continue to get better every minute. On the text line, I can't believe no one has brought up Jay Gruden's name yet. I'm so disappointed in all of you. <laughs> oh, but we'll get on. to some of the other gems next here. Uh, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back. Uh, we have, uh, once again today, Australian Pink Floyd tickets to give away to you. Um, and we will do that next hour. A pair of tickets. The show is uh, Friday, June 28th at Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion in Portsmouth. So be listening for your cue to call uh, when we do that. All right. So a lot of just wonderful, wonderfully helpful, um, constructive, I'll call them, uh, suggestions for the commanders on the text line about uh, who they should go after as coach now that uh, Mike McDonald is off the uh off the list, taking the Seahawks job today. And, of course, they're the only team without a head coach currently in the NFL. Cowboy Dave 
Uh, just by the name alone, you knew he was going to be helpful. Uh, first of all, said, so look at the bright side. There's always Chip Kelly. That's true. I mean, you want an offensive oh, coach? There's on. Chip Kelly. Um, and he also added, why not Lane Kiffin? <laughs> I do like me some Lane Kiffin, but not as an NFL coach. Entertainment value. Would be Entertainment good. value off the charts. Absolutely. Um, why not Deion Sandcastle, says Drew in Norfolk, <laughs> since uh, Deion Sanders is unavailable. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, his kids bought him a house. He's not going anywhere. But maybe Dion Sandcastle would, if you remember those goofy commercials. Alvin in the 757 said, all the good coaches are from Andy Reid's tree, and he backed Eric Bieniemy. so why not give him a shot? Our offense struggled, but it damn sure wasn't the reason we sucked. I'm just saying. Alvin in the 757. Yeah, Alvin, but don't you ask yourself how many coaching cycles we've been through now. You know, Andy Reid also recommended Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb and Many other things to Washington. Uh-huh. He has given them a lot of things over the years, none of which have been good, by the way, uh, overall. And sadly, I think there is a future for Eric Bieniemy in Washington as the OC potentially, especially as we get later in the game here. But I, I don't think he's the head coach. And if he is, it will, in fact, be Jim Zorn all over again. I mean, if it, if it comes down to that, it will really be he's the last guy in the building. Let's just give it to him for now. That, that is the ultimate yeah. settle hire. Yeah, that's the frankly. ultimate settle hire. I mean, again, you could have done that immediately. If they'd have bought into all this stuff about him, I mean, you know, they've done two interviews with multiple other candidates. Uh, nah, I, I don't I don't see it happening. I do, I do not see that happening at all. And again, I, I think you'd have also a locker room revolt of the people that would be left there. Uh, Commander or Frank in Virginia Beach says, well, Commanders are waiting on Matt Nagy, <laughs> who's on that uh, wow. Andy Reid staff. PJ says, How about another Joe Gibbs stint? Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, James. Would you rather have Joe Gibbs 3.0 or Joe Gibbs suggesting you the next head coach? Which would be more dangerous? Ooh, I think I'd rather have Coach Gibbs on me the sideline. <laughs> I think Gibbs 3.0 is better than Joe picking the, picking the coach. Better than him recommending uh, Rivera and some of the other ones he's done in the past. Anyway, oh, 757-687-9494, wow. 757-687-9494. 214s, what about Jeff Fisher? <laughs> I know some 7 and 9 BS when I see it. 8 yep. and 8 BS. Yeah, I mean, you can't go 7 and 9 anymore anyway because there's 17 games, so. Seven, eight, and one. Anybody or seven? I guess it'd be eight, seven, eight, and two. My bad. Uh, Jeff's gonna hit the ten spot. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, and that stash is just the best. I just uh, somebody from the seven five seven said. I just read that the uh, Seahawks are hiring the Ravens DC. Get out! Are you serious? Um, do the people not think we have the internet? Sometimes, do you ever notice that? I get these texts and these tweets. Like people act like I don't like have like power. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, they're sending me pictures. They're like sending me stories of stuff we're talking about on the radio. Like, the, oh, really? The hamster's still running on the wheel. Yeah, people. I mean, like, okay. hello. We're I mean, okay. are they listening to the show on a delay? Or are they like a day behind? I don't get it. I mean, sometimes. there's a little bit of a delay, but uh, <laughs> not that much of one. Yes, well aware. Thank you. <laughs> uh, why not bring in Coach Jimmy McGinty a call and bring in Shane Falco? We're all in. That's Tyler Williamsburg. So that that is uh, what is that movie again called? The Replacements. Replacements, yeah. Replacements, yeah. Terrible movie. I mean, if that comes with Keanu Reeves, yeah. Well, that movie was was filmed in uh, Baltimore and in D.C. Like the some of the scenes were, I think. So he's got just as good a connections as Bill Belichick. Yes, he does. Um. <laughs> anyway, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, 
No, he's not. Somebody asked me about Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer passed away several years ago. Stop it. Passed away. Uh, in 2001, I think, right? He had dementia. He had, like, Alzheimer's yeah, disease. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. Sad. I mean, what a, I mean, the guy had a beautiful mind, too, right? Um, Head coach of the champion uh, Virginia Destroyers. I love me some Marty Schottenheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Vrabel, question mark. Right. Uh, again, I think that that due diligence probably was already done and is over with, but that's that's the way I'm thinking. He's the best available candidate that's you know under 70 years old right now. He and, is. And remember, it's not like the Falcons hired him. They had a chance. Yeah. There were a couple of other teams that interviewed well, again, him twice think, and didn't. Yeah. And he didn't get the job. So he's probably doing a. Uh, he might be doing a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a Belichick himself. Could be yeah, in terms of power. Uh, Cowboy Dave says, "Isn't Joe Brady available after he made Josh Allen look like uh, look from dealing with Dorsey?" Yeah. No, he is a bit. Well, he's a, he's the OC. He just got promoted to OC. I don't know what people. A few years ago, I think people were really high on him. Uh, he's now the full time OC with Bills. He was just promoted, so I, I don't think he's going anywhere. But I mean, again, they never asked to rep- speak to him the first time. You got to think they're sticking with their original list at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. And um, working off of it from there. So if that's the case, it's three people, four people. If you're Thinking Bienemy still in the mix, which is the three defensive guys, Quinn, Anthony Weaver, and also um Aaron Glenn. Or, you know, again, if you're if you're in the Bienemy world. Uh Brian from Chesapeake says, Whoever has season tickets the longest, let them have a shot at coaching the same team. Can't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm not sure that person would be younger than Belichick. I don't I don't think so either. Commander's new leadership, head coach, Bienemy, offensive quarter, Matt Nagy, DC, Matt Patricia. <laughs> 2025 Super Bowl champs. I can't. I can't. Uh, Stop it. I'm, take me off your list. Unsubscribe. I'm unsubscribing. Oh, that's horrible. That's not even funny. Alvin says um, they might as well hire Magic Johnson. <laughs> Stranger yeah, Andy things Reed have happened. Him too. Yeah, Andy Reid loves him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. Yeah, Andy Reid and, and two guys I'm not listening to anymore. Andy Reid and Joe Gibbs. Okay, Joe's like, hey, I gotta, I'll find you your guy, Dan. I got this uh, Ron Rivera fellow for you. Yeah. Uh, Jason Portsman says just turned on the radio. Hard heard you mention the next Jim Zorn. Who was that? Sorry. Uh, no, you're saying it'd be enemy if he got the job. It'd be like the like the Jim Zorn thing where they went out, they they interviewed people outside of the building. And they're like, nobody likes any of our candidates, so we're just going to come back and hire, make this guy the head coach. We had just hired to be the OC, which was also so backwards, right? Yeah. I mean, that's wild. Um, Brent for the Eastern Shore, Matt Patricia in all caps and double exclamation points. No. Why not Josh McDaniels while you're at it, you know? Why not Josh McDaniels while you're at it then, if you're going to do that? Um, 757 says Trent Dilfer. Well, he is at UAB, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's the UAB head coach. I don't think you're going to hear the last of Trent Dilfer's name today. Um, by the way, <laughs> seven five seven. Hey, fellas, do you think the Commanders had a plan to hire a coach or fell apart? Or do you think they waited too late to request interviews? No, I think they requested their interviews. Um, I, I think what happened is their number one guy decided to stay as OC. I think number two guy took the Seahawks job, and now here they are. Yeah, here they are. And maybe number two guy felt jilted that he wasn't number one guy. So he's like, well, why would I go mm-hmm. work for these guys when sure. these guys seem to want me more? So, Yeah, I, I think they did have a plan, but it uh, apparently was not executed very well. Had the plan, but it got burnt up. And again, uh, fair enough. I, I think this is a job that's probably 
more attractive to a young GM than it is a head coach who's not going to have the power and wants to win right away or wants to have at least some say in some things. If you're telling him this is the structure, maybe this is what's holding you back. I don't know. Maybe it's just the new way of these some of these candidates thinking. Is that and the guys that were willing to work along with you, you didn't you didn't like them as much and now here's what you're left with well and uh, do you want these young guys making those kinds of decisions the first time they're a head coach right. that's I, I, yeah that's i think they got bells. enough things in their table yeah. on their plate as is mcdaniel by the way mcdonald excuse me uh for what it's worth got a six-year deal in seattle that's a lot now he won't even be like 40 by the time it expires but <laughs> now he'll be what the 42 right he's 42, 36 yep. yeah he's 42. In 40s. yeah assuming he gets there yeah exactly all right seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four uh there's some information today on the jim harbaugh uh, contract. We'll get to that coming up, uh, and plus some interesting things about Bill Belichick uh, in 2025, where he may be. Scott Jackson, your party on Sports Radio 94.1, brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James with him, Scott, your sports center.